Attention! This makes absolutely no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Xander's Facts. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the Xander's Facts podcast. I am, of course, the aforementioned Xander. This is episode 59 of the podcast here on Wednesday, April 13th. Thank you all for tuning into this week's edition of the Facts, a brand new edition. How about that? And if you think you're going to like the facts on this week's podcast, if you've liked the facts on all of our previous episodes, remember to follow this podcast, download this episode, episode 59, rate the podcast, review the podcast, go on all your social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, go like, follow, heart, subscribe, whatever. Xander's Facts, that's Xander with a Z. And most importantly, tell all your friends about the podcast, spread the facts, Xander's Facts Podcast. What a week it is for the Xander's Facts podcast. A guest returns this week on the podcast. You all may know him as the Xander's Facts very own NBA analyst, Hillbilly. Hillbilly is back on the podcast for the whole episode this week. Oh, yay. Because we are previewing the NBA playoffs, which begin Saturday. The play-in tournament to get into the playoffs for some of the teams actually began on Tuesday. So that's already going on this week. But we talk about all that with Hillbilly. And we give our picks for all the rounds and the finals. So you're going to get our finals predictions before the playoffs even begin. How about that? So here we go. Let's get started with Hillbilly. It's an NBA playoff preview right here as the Xander's Facts podcast continues. Xander's Facts. The NBA playoffs begin this week, not college. This is professional basketball now here in April. And to talk about the NBA playoffs, we have got Xander Sfax's own senior NBA analyst, Hillbilly. Hillbilly, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me yet again. Once again, but it is finally playoff time in basketball after a long season that started back in October. The postseason is set to begin this Tuesday with the play-in tournament for the 7 through 10 seeds in each conference. And then starting on Saturday, the top six teams in each of the two conferences will begin play with quadruple headers on Saturday and Sunday. That's cool. Hillbilly, let's get started with the play-in tournament. The play-in tournament is for the 7 through 10 seeded teams in each conference, they are playing their way into the playoffs. This is relatively new. This is the second year, I believe, they're doing this. Let's start with the Eastern Conference for the play-in. The eight versus seven matchup is the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Brooklyn Nets. The winner of the eight v seven matchup moves on to the playoffs automatically. They will play the two seed in the East, who are the Boston Celtics. That game is actually Tuesday. So it's already happened, so you all know who made it. But we don't. We're recording this Monday night, so we're going to give you our predictions. So Hillbilly, the Cavs, and the Nets. The game is in Brooklyn, which actually doesn't matter with Kyrie because Kyrie can play home games now. But what are you thinking about this matchup? The Cavs have not been playing as well as they were earlier. They've been kind of sliding a bit. Mobley was injured for a while, their star rookie. And, you know, getting him back in there and now seeing how this really, really young team – with zero playoff experience, how they do in the playoffs. I think everybody's assuming that Brooklyn is going to win this game, which they probably will, and be the seventh seed. Yeah, I have Brooklyn winning this game. 
And if they don't, I think that'd be a surprise. Cause as you said, I think the Cavs are fading along with another team in the East that is not in the play. And we'll talk about them in a little bit. The 10 V nine matchup the next day on Wednesday. So after this podcast has gone out is the Charlotte Hornets and the Atlanta Hawks that game Wednesday, seven o'clock on ESPN. So the winner of the 10 nine matchup moves on to face the loser of the eight, seven matchup and the loser of the 10, nine matchup goes home. So that's the Hornets and the Hawks hillbilly. Who you got? I think the Hawks are going to win. I think they just confirmed for sure that Gordon Haywood is not going to be back. And well, I think their records are identical. So they both had, you know, good seasons, but the Hawks have been turning it on of late and they're just going to play. The Hawks have a great offense when Trey young is on the court and they have zero offense when he's not. So they're just going to play him 48 minutes a game and they'll have an offense. They should be all right. I have the Hawks too. And I was looking at the stats for the Hawks and it's really on offense, Trey young. And there's a significant drop off after that. So mm-hmm. I think that'll probably work for at least this play in rounds, but I'm not so sure. So I think, so we have the Hawks moving on and the nets, both of us on the money. Friday is when the second round of the play in for the East is played at seven o'clock on ESPN. We have got the Hawks and the Cavs. The winner is the eighth seed in the playoffs. The loser goes home. And I will tell you that I actually have the Hawks beating the Cavs in that game to go to the eighth seed. How about you? Uh, yeah, I think the same thing. I think the it's going to be seven Nets, eight Hawks. And that's interesting because last year was the first year they did the play in and people were kind of like, oh, this is, you know. It's great this year. Yeah. Well, the thing is, last year, the seven and eight seeds became the seven and eight seeds in the playoffs. This is true. So we're thinking that might not happen this year, but the nine and 10 seeds get a chance. And the Hawks, who we both think are playing better than the Cavs, that wouldn't happen normally if there were just the top eight teams. So that's the East. Let's go to the West before we go into the playoffs in the West. The eight versus seven matchup, that's Tuesday. So it already been played. The Clippers and the Timberwolves. That's going to be really interesting. Minnesota has been really, really good recently. They've had one of the best offenses since the uh, turn of the year. But they just, again, they have zero playoff experience on that roster. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns has been in the league for a while, and this is really his big playoff exposure. It's hard to imagine that against a veteran team like the Clippers that they are going to be ready in one game to learn all about the playoffs. And the Clippers have play in P, so that's going to help them quite a bit. Play in P. Terrible. They do have a lot of veterans, though, that play smart, good defense. I think it's just it's going to be too much for Minnesota. You know, Minnesota is going to be a lot of fun to watch next year, I think. I've actually got the Timberwolves winning this game. Anthony Edwards, the second year player now, he scored 49 points in a game earlier this season when you've got that in Carly Anthony Towns. So they don't have the experience. And this is this is not a game seven because if they lose, they play again. It's true. The Clippers have underperformed. I don't think many people thought they were going to be in the play-in, but they didn't have Paul George for most of the year. They have not had Kawhi Leonard, and it doesn't look like they're going to get him. Of course, we don't they, know. You don't know that. But, you know, but they don't. I think Paul George alone, along with all those, they've got all everyone from like Batum, 
Paul George, Powell, just so many of these like rangy six foot eight, six foot nine guys that have a lot of experience playing, you know, playoff defense. Minnesota, it's just tough to imagine that they're going to make up for all that in one game. That they're going to learn like what play. They, I mean, because they are going to go after Carl Anthony Towns, who has a reputation of being a little soft Oof. and and of letting people get underneath his skin, which is what Marcus Morris, both of the Morrises, they're 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 fantastic at it. And I, it's just really easy to see them taking Minnesota out of their game. And that's what I think will probably happen. And then the other game is the 10-9 game. This game is Wednesday at 9.30 on ESPN. The Spurs, the 10th seed, and the Pelicans, the 9th seed. I will just say there are rumors that if the Spurs lose, this could be the final game for Greg Popovich as head coach. Rumors. I don't know. We'll see. But the thing is, he did pass the all-time wins record this year for a coach. So after that, he may just say, pack it up. But I do have the Spurs beating the Pelicans in this game. Yeah, I think so, too. I think the Spurs have been a little bit better recently. And I, I don't know that it matters because I think in the next game, Minnesota is going to clobber them. I think there's a big drop off between the 7 and 8 and the 9 and 10. So, yeah, you said the Timberwolves are probably going to clobber the Spurs. And I think the Clippers are probably going to clobber the Spurs in the second round, which is Friday at 9 o'clock on TNT. So we've got the Timberwolves and the Clippers, but I've got the Timberwolves seven. You've got the Clippers seven. So that's the what that's the play-in matchups, which are this week. There's no basketball Monday night, which is why we're doing this podcast. Hillbilly is very sad. Not funny. But there will be very soon. And we are going to talk about the playoffs, which begin on Saturday. Let's we're going to start with the Eastern Conference though and the teams that have made the playoffs already in the Eastern Conference. The Heat Got the first seed. The Celtics are two. Bucks are three. They actually have the same record along with the Sixers in fourth, but Celtics won that tiebreaker. Raptors are fifth and the Chicago Bulls are in sixth. So the Heat do not know their matchup yet. They're the one seed. They will play the eighth seed who we both have as the Hawks, I believe. So Hillbilly, if they do play the Hawks, what do you think about that matchup? I think it will be a close game because I think that defenses will probably play well, but Miami's probably got too much. I'm not totally sold on Miami further down the line, but I do think they shouldn't have too much trouble with Hawks. I would say, I mean, Trey Young always seems to play really well against Miami. The games I have watched and the season too, which I think is actually going to give the Hawks like a game or two. So this could be, you know, like a four, two, series but i do think miami's gonna yeah i think that i think that trey young will will be worth at least one or two wins for the hawks so this is the first round which begins on saturday and sunday the four five matchup in the east and the winner of the four five will face the one eight in the second round the sixers who are the four seed and the raptors who are the five seed the sixers have joel Embiid, who is the scoring champion this season and James Harden, who they got in trade this season after they got rid of Ben Simmons. That seemed to work out for the first two games. I don't know. Hillbilly, what are you thinking about the Sixers and the Raptors? Well, first of all, remember, Matisse Thibel is not coming to Toronto. They've already ruled that he's ineligible because he's not vaccinated. You dummy. And that, I think, is actually going to be a little bit of a problem for Philly. They are slow. They do not have very many players on that team that are 
super athletic. It was kind of Tyrese Maxey and Matisse Thybul were their transition team. They were already bad in transition defense, and now they're going to be really bad without him. I think that Toronto is probably going to pull this out. I think that Harden's going to get showed up as being not competent defensively anymore to the point where it's difficult to have them out there. I think Toronto will wind up taking it in a really close series. I have Toronto winning as well. Pascal Siakam is their best player. He's not really a household name outside of NBA fans, but he had three straight games at the end of the season where he scored 25 points, had 10 rebounds and had five assists. He's the only Raptor to ever do that in three straight games. So yeah, I've got the Raptors and Embiid, I said was the scoring champ this season. He averaged 33.8 minutes per game, which is the least by a scoring champ this season. Lots of facts, but I got the Raptors as well. And actually I will say that the top four teams were within two games of each other in the East. The Heat finished in first, but the Celtics, Bucks, and Sixers were all 51 and 31. They had the same record. And then there was that kind of drop off. So it's interesting that we've got the four seed going out in the first round. I mean, and more than that, this is interesting about the uh, Eastern Conference this year. And just how competitive it is, no matter what the playoff seeds wind up being after the play-in tournament, it will be the closest NBA playoffs record-wise of all time. That's a fact. We've never if you look at it, even if the Hornets get in with the worst record, they are still only 10 games behind Miami, the number one seed. You look over at the West, and it is the complete opposite. Phoenix is 30 games up on the Spurs. Phoenix is eight games ahead of the Grizzlies. Right. I mean, it's almost the difference between one and two is the difference you see in the entire spectrum for the East. That's just how competitive the East was this year, which is really, really something. So we've got the Raptors over the Sixers in that four or five matchup. There are two other series in the first round of the playoffs, the three seed, the Bucks, and the six seed, the Bulls. And I think you know where you're you're going, Hillbilly. And I'm going to go with the Bucks too, because I think the Bulls have been fading recently. And I think this is actually going to be a potential sweep. It's hard to see them riding the ship, especially when, I mean, even before Chicago started doing poorly, they had a real problem with rim protection. They just have no interior defense at all. They're just awful at it. And they have Giannis coming in. (laughs) I mean, he's going to just go right through him like a buzzsaw and really score as many points as he wants. The only thing that I could really see stopping them is bad karma, because I don't know about you, but last night it really looked like Milwaukee was trying to duck New Jersey or not New Jersey, Brooklyn. Whoops. I mean, they threw that game hard and I don't necessarily blame them, but you know, I don't think they, I think they had a choice between Chicago and the Nets and they chose Chicago. And I think that maybe the NBA gods will punish them for that. Maybe not in this round. Well, they, I believe only played one starter that was Drew Holiday for 11 seconds. So he could get bonus for game appearances and the Bulls lost their last four home games by double digits. Yeah, they have not been playing too well recently. So we've both got the Bucks. And the last matchup in the first round of the East, 
are the second seed Celtics. They will play the seven, eight winner of the play in. And we both believe that will be the Nets, which is a rematch of last year's two, seven matchup, which the Nets were in second. The Celtics were in seven. So it's switched this year. I also think that the winner of this series is going to be switched too. But what about you? I think it's going to be Boston. I think they're going to shred them. Brooklyn's defense is bad. It's 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 more than just like not okay. It's a real problem for them. And it's unlikely that they're going to get Ben Simmons out there. I know that they said that maybe, but what would that look like? He hasn't even really practiced in a year. It's just hard to imagine him coming back in playoffs. That would be tough. They have already been playing playoff type basketball. They've been playing Durant and Irving over 40 minutes a game recently, which those are playoff minutes because they don't have any choice. Durant's going to have to play some center, which sucks for him because it really wears on you. And I think that Boston's defense is just, it, it is incredible what they have done in the second half of the season. Watching them, it's not just stats and numbers. Their defense looks incredible. And I will say with the stats, they lead the league in defensive rating and opponent points per game. They're only at, they only average 100 opponent points per game. Is that over the course of the season? Yes. The, and that is kind of telling because in the beginning of the season, they weren't doing that. And then they really turned it on. They just started crushing. And they do. Like, they don't just beat teams. They beat the crap out of every team they play. And I think they're going to do the same thing to the Nets. I don't think it's going to be much trouble for them. I've got the Celtics too. I don't. The Nets still have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So I'm, I'm not going to, you know, say it's going to be a total demolition, but. Yeah, but that's the thing is, is that if, if you've watched the Celtics much this year, Jason Tatum is not very far behind Kevin Durant anymore. He is right up there and he and he's. He can do it all. And, and that's the thing with the Celtics is, you know, the, the number two guy is Jalen Brown, who is all-star level player. And then they surround them with a, extremely good defensive players. And both Tatum and Jalen Brown are elite defenders. So everybody on the court is an elite defender for the Celtics, especially once they get Robert Williams. The, the time, time Lord. Once they get him back. Um, they, it's all they do is throw really good athletic defenders at you. Whereas Brooklyn has to play Seth Curry and Kyrie Irving, you know, guys that don't, don't play defense. They really at all. That's a massive disadvantage they're at. And Boston just looks like they have it figured out. They are just clicking. We, we thought they were going to tank when time Lord went out and they've still been crushing it. Yeah, so we are in agreement for the first four matchups of the playoffs in the East. So let's move to the second round. We've got the Heat and the Raptors facing off in that matchup of the 1v8 and the 4v5. So Heat versus Raptors. I actually watched these two teams played about a week ago, and Miami snuck it out in Toronto, which is how I think this series is actually going to go. But how do you think this series is going to go? I think it's going to be really close. And I'm not sure because I really did not like what happened to Miami a few weeks ago with the blow up and they were losing all this. And I know that they seem to have righted the ship, but they kind of righted the ship against some bad opponents. 
And I just don't know that what happened there is actually fixed. And I think that the Raptors are, they're the team that nobody knows anything about, but Masai Ujiri proved again this year that he's the best general manager out there. When he took Scotty Barnes, it looked kind of, I mean, maybe not crazy, but nobody would think that he might've gotten the best player in the draft when he picked that guy, (laughs) you know, he's that good. If Miami is not really all there mentally, I think that Toronto can, can take them out. Huh? Yeah. And I can understand that, but I mean, I've got to think that knowing Pat Riley and the system that he has put in place, especially in Miami, that he was probably, you know, looking down and smiling at that when that happened. It involved Jim, Jimmy Butler though. And that's a problem. Jimmy Butler was the problem. Everybody was getting after him because he obviously was not listening to what the coach was telling him. And that's a problem because that is what Jimmy Butler does. And once he's done with the place, he's kind of done. I mean, we'll see. Like it's he seems like the kind of guy that maybe once he feels like you talk to him the wrong way, it's it can be over. Uh, you know, I who who knows? You know, Kyle Lowry's been picking it up, he's been playing better recently like he's been doing what I thought he probably would do which is save it for the playoffs start ramping up as we get closer you know it, it, I may be completely wrong about the heat and but I, I think in in this case since, since there is that question mark out there I'd pick the Raptors yeah I mean obviously I could always be wrong too and I think a lot of people are really down on the heat because of that and that's the thing you know a lot of the heat are saying you know that's just heat culture that's what's going to happen we're going to see if that's heat culture and if it works. Coach Spolstra has never gone off on court like that before, ever. It just, does, it just doesn't happen. And that was a big, big deal. And the Heat already have some issues when you think about the way they play. They are not a good half-court offense. They're just not. You know, they, they have to rely on people like Hero to do the shooting, you know, and that's a big problem because the transition buckets just don't come in the playoffs the way they do in the regular season. And that's already a problem for the heat where if, if they're not really on board, I, I could see Toronto beating them. Okay. I've got the heat, but obviously, you know, the way, the way those two teams have played each other too this season, I think it's going to be close because they have played each other close this season. That's the first matchup of the second round. The other matchup, both of us have the Celtics and the Bucks, and I don't think you're actually going to like where I'm going to go with this, but you actually might be in agreement with me. So who you got? Well, I think the Bucks are going to win. Okay. Original. But it's tough. I, I think the Bucks are going to win because I think at the end of the day, until somebody proves it differently, Giannis is the best player on earth. I mean, you know, you think about what that game six – of the finals last year is probably the best closing game that any player has ever had in NBA history. And as far as a game to close out an opponent in the finals, which is when you got to think that every player is playing at their absolute max level, the highest level of competition, leaving nothing out of it. He had the best game that anybody's ever had in that situation. You know, as far as I'm concerned, that means that he is the best. He can take over a game anytime. And I want to pick Boston because I love watching Boston play right now. But I don't think that Al Horford 
and a gimpy Robert Williams can handle Giannis. I think that they're going to have real problems with that. But I don't know. Boston has looked so good. And Jason Tatum is, I think people just do not understand that he really is elite now. Just a step below people like Giannis. That's the thing. Giannis has played better than Tatum. Giannis had... 21 games where he scored 30 or more points, which is the second most ever by a player in a season. But Jason Tatum has played really well. And the Celtics, their 51 and 31 record is the best ever for a team that was under 500 at the halfway mark of the season. Gash facts. So they have been, I mean, they've been playing really well. It's crazy what happened. It's just like a light switch got flipped. And I got to say, I think this series is going to be really close. It was really a coin flip i think for me and i remember in the second round last year with the bucks and the nets the difference of that game was or that series was kevin durant's foot being like a size too big yeah but basketball is a game of millimeters when you miss a shot you don't unless you're russell westbrook or playoff p you don't miss it by feet you miss a shot by (laughs) millimeters You know, it's just that's the way the game is, whether it's a foot or a ball bouncing. It's really close. It is that that close that it is by millimeters. I'd say that's going to get to a seven game series. I think so, too. And the difference is that game's going to be in Boston. Yeah. And and yeah. And maybe that. And also, yeah, that's that's kind of the karma and the punishment for trying to skip out on the Nets. And I think the Celtics are also going to have a sense of confidence when they beat the Nets and then they go up against Milwaukee, you know, in Boston. And, you know, is as much as I think that Giannis is the best player on the court, Jalen Brown is significantly better than the second best Bucks player is. I mean, significant. He's much better than Chris Middleton or Holiday. I mean, he is a consistent, reliable scorer that is a monster defensively. And then you put in Marcus Smart, who even though I can't stand watching him play because he's just he's so whiny, but he is an excellent defender. Quit your whining. So that's the second round. Hillbilly's got Raptors Bucks. I've got Heat Celtics in the conference finals. So complete opposites. But in the conference finals, I've got one, two. Hillbilly's got five, three. Hillbilly, who is going to win the Eastern Conference Finals. Well, just like Boston did not have an answer for Giannis, the the Raptors really don't. I mean, they've got so many good, like, 6'8", 6'9", players. And, you know, these just from Ananobi to Siakam. And Van Vliet is so much fun. To, he's Kyle Lowry 2.0. He's just, he's great. He, he plays so much bigger than he is. But they can't, they're not going to be able to handle Giannis. And I think that over a seven-game series, having the best player, a player that just at this point, literally nothing can stop him from scoring at a high efficiency. There's no kind of defense you can throw at him. I think over a seven-game series, that wins out. I think the Bucs are back in. I would say if it's Bucks raptors I don't know if that series is very close either. So I've got Celtics, Heat, and... You know, you know, I did want to pick the Heat to win, but I could not pick the Heat to beat the Celtics right now. The Celtics, as I said, lead the league in defensive rating and opponent points per game. That's on defense, but they are top six in points per game, rebounds per game, and assists per game. 
and those cat that's for the whole year. That's not for yeah. the second half of the and season. That, that, and that is so important this year, given how how mediocre they were. They they look like a play-in team, you know, like that's where they were headed. At the think at the beginning of the season, we really talked about Sixers, Bucks, Nets. We didn't really talk about the Heat. And we didn't talk about the Celtics, I think, at all. It's weird what happened with the Celtics because initially everyone's so excited because they've got those two guys. And then for whatever reason, it just wasn't working for a couple of years, but they had some really bad injury luck. You know, you have Gordon Hayward come in. He immediately gets hurt. Isaiah Thomas was doing great for him. He gets hurt. And then they get Kemba Walker, which I thought was a great move, but I didn't realize that Kemba Walker was broken. You know I mean? He just he wasn't the old Kemba Walker anymore. And I think that really killed him over a couple of years. And so we were kind of sitting there wondering, like, why aren't they better than they are when they have these two guys? And I think they figure that out. And I think they are now, they're going to be an elite team in the league for a while now. Yeah. So I've got the Celtics making the finals and I've got really Jason Tatum coming out and, you know, not because NBA fans know about Jason Tatum, but really to the casual fan, Jason Tatum's going to come out and prove he's an elite player, I think, in this league. Good to know. So Hillbilly's got the Bucks out of the East, and I've got the Celtics out of the East. But let's go to the West. Are you done? In the West, definitely, as we said, not as close together as the East was. The Suns were the first team in the West, they went 64 and 18, which is by far the best record in the league. Number two were the Grizzlies, who surprised many people. The Warriors are three, Mavericks are four, Jazz are five, and the Nuggets are sixth. So we did the play in earlier. Let's go to the first round matchups. The Suns, of course, are the first seed. They will play the second round winner of the play in, who will be the eighth seed. I've got the Clippers and you have the Timberwolves, I believe. But I think both of us expect the Suns to roll. I I, I mean, they've just, they've got the experience, well-tuned machine. And I do kind of wonder about Chris Paul making it through a playoff without getting hurt because he's never done that. So it seems kind of bad to bet that he will, but... That's impressive. You know, assuming he doesn't get hurt, they're going to roll. Yeah, and even if he and even if he did get hurt, which I hope does not happen in that first round, they've got Devin Booker, who has finals experience. Now, the thing we were knocking the Suns on, and they were they were the two seed last year in the West, was they don't have any experience except for Chris Paul. Now they have the experience. They were in the finals last year. And Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, they're still playing really well. So yeah, the Suns are gonna roll. So the four-five matchup is the Mavericks and the Jazz, which kind of underwhelms me as well compared to the East, because I think the four and the five in the East are better than Mavericks and Jazz. But who do you have, Hillbilly? Well, I disagree. I think the Mavericks are significantly better than any of those other teams. What do you say? I think they're significantly better than the Sixers and the Raptors. Well, you look at what they've done over the last half of the season, and they've been monstrous. Their defense is incredible the offense their their clutch statistics are great they throw out this three guard lineup with Spencer Dinwiddie and of course Luca and Jalen Brunson who's had a great year and it looks like teams don't know what to do with it and you know I said this I think last year that eventually Luka Doncic is going to be the best player in the league and it's just 
Like, when is this going to happen where he basically serves notice on the NBA that, like, you just cannot do anything to stop me? I think this year could, could again, be that year. He's been that way for the second half of the season. He's been just plain unstoppable. If he had played this way the whole year, he'd probably be the MVP. Utah is in the complete opposite direction. And I think that Dallas is – I think it could be a four-game series. It, it's crazy to say that about a 4-5, you know. But I just see Dallas just humiliating Utah. So I've got the Mavericks too. But, I mean, I was just – I mean, I was just looking at this. I have not watched the Mavericks much this year, which apparently I should have at the end of the season because apparently they've been really good. But after Luka Doncic, your two best players are Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie. Which, I mean, that can get you past the Jazz, but I mean, I just... I don't know that it matters. Over the last half of the season, it hasn't. I mean, they went into Boston and smacked Boston around. During Boston's... I think they were the ones that stopped, like, their... Whatever their really long winning streak was. They are much better than people think they are. So we will see. And the Jazz, you said, are fading but they are still first in the NBA in offensive rating, which, I mean, obviously means they were playing really well at the beginning of the season. But they hate each other. Whoa. And, 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 and that's, it's a big deal. Like, it's just, there's no disguise in the fact that Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell do not want to be anywhere near each other. And it's just really hard to imagine you're going to put forward some kind of chemistry in the playoffs and the way they've been doing recently where it's just, they, they blow 20 point leads regularly because they just fall apart. And it, and then you have Dallas. It's the exact opposite, you know, that is really playing superior basketball right now. Yeah. So we both got the Mavericks and the Suns in the first two games of the West, the Warriors, the three seed will face the nuggets in the sixth seed. And as you said, the big three for the Warriors, Steph, Clay, and Draymond, have played a total of 11 minutes together. And a lot of that was because Clay was injured. Draymond's been injured. He's back. Clay's back. But Steph Curry, at the end of the season, has now been injured. And I have not heard when he's going to come back, but I, I assume it's going to be soon. So I do have the Warriors beating the Nuggets. The Nuggets have Nikola Jokic. But other than that, because Jokic ranks first for the team in points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. He leads the team in all the categories. He's also only the second player ever to rank in the top 10 of total points, rebounds, assists, and steals in the league in a single season. That was a fact. And the other one was Westbrook when he did that with the Thunder when he was doing his triple doubles. Yeah, except that Westbrook was shooting about 35% from the field and Jokic is shooting like 65%. Yeah. So the the Nuggets have Jokic, but they do not have Jamal Murray. And it doesn't look like they're going to either. They, they, they just don't have a second reliable option. You know, they've got a bunch of really good role players, but without that second reliable option in either Porter or Jamal Murray, it's just really hard to see as, as good as Jokic is. I, it's just unfortunate. I think next year Denver is going to be great, but it just it didn't come together in time. I think if the regular season was maybe a month or two longer, Denver would have been a real contender. Yeah. So you've got the Warriors. Yeah. I, I think that even if Steph is, or even if, yeah, even if Curry is not at a hundred percent, they've just got so many other ways that they can beat you. I think they're going to beat Denver pretty handily. Yeah. 
That's the three, six matchup. And then the two, seven, the second seed, the Grizzlies, the seven seed will be the play in first round winner, which I've got the Timberwolves. Hillbillies got the Clippers. The Grizzlies were the big surprise in the West at 56 and 26. John Morant, Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr. They finished eighth in the West last year. They're now second. They are one of two teams to be in the top five of both offensive and defensive efficiency in the league. The other team is the Suns. It's the truth. Uh, But they're fourth in offensive efficiency, fifth in defensive efficiency. They won a game by 73 points this season, which is the largest margin of victory ever. How'd that go? I've got, I don't care if it's the Timberwolves or the Clippers, but I think the Grizzlies are going to win. Yeah, and you know, I have the Clippers in that. And I think the Clippers, like Memphis... You know, it's they haven't paid their playoff dues yet. Yeah. Like they really haven't had much experience there. John Morant's coming off of an injury, and they are also very, very transition offense dependent. Like if they are not making fast breaks happen, they have trouble. Or or they have more trouble than usual because they're still actually good. I think that Memphis is going to be in for a comeuppance at some point here. And I think the Clippers are the kind of team that have the veteran savvy to really give them fits. But at the end of the day, unless Kawhi comes back, I just don't think they'd have enough to overcome just the the, the talent and athleticism that Memphis has. So you do have the Grizzlies winning. Yes, but I think it's going to be close. And I think it's going to be tough. And I think it's going to foreshadow some problems that Memphis will have down the line in the playoffs. Oh, yes, definitely. All right, so that's the first round. To the second round, the 1v8 and the 4v5, we both have the Suns and the Mavericks, and apparently the Mavericks are this big hotshot thing, but I've got the Suns still. <laughs> yeah, I you know, I think I'll pick the Suns, but I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't be surprised because I just will see with Chris Paul just nothing that you can do to even really slow Luca down. He just does what he wants on the court now. He's so big and such a good basketball player at that size. It's just, it's going to be tough. I just think if Don, if he was on a better team, if he was on the Bucks instead of Giannis. But they are, look, Spencer Dinwiddie is a good player. He's had a really good season. And Jalen Brunson is about to get paid probably a max contract and is... He's a, also a, a steal that they got in the draft. They've got a lot of they, their defense is really solid, which wins playoff games. I don't know. I think that people are discounting Dallas, but I do think that the if I was betting, I'd bet on Phoenix. They, they're just such a well-oiled machine. Get that dough. So that's the first second round. The other one will be both of us have the two three the Grizzlies and the Warriors, the young team in the second seed and the experienced team as the third seed. I think that we are going to get the Western conference finals that for most of the season, we thought we would. And I think we hoped we would with the team coming back, but what say you hillbilly? Yeah. I I think the Warriors will win up. I think that that's going to be the one where 
Memphis's lack of playoff experience and lack of a really super smooth, polished half-court game is going to come back to bite them. And, you know, Golden State just has so many different things that they can throw at you. Hopefully by then, Curry is kind of back. Draymond's been looking better recently. You know, Clay Thompson is can go off for more than 30 points anytime. And then after that, they've just got this whole host of good players. Kaminga is looking better and better every every game. He just he looks like a budding superstar. And Andre Iguodala is, I know we Thank haven't you. heard, but he's just sitting there chilling. He knows that they brought him in for the playoffs. And he will probably, people will be like, oh, where was he? You know, and it just wouldn't be surprising if he makes some noise in the playoffs, if Curry can get back. So, I mean, you know, this is the second game or the uh, second series of the playoffs. Hopefully Curry will be in really good shape by then. And I think that they are going to teach Memphis some lessons. Get ready. And i that's what I was thinking too. And I was, I was hesitant on that because I think that's what we thought about the Suns last year. But the difference is with the Suns last year, the Grizzlies this year, is that Chris Paul, you know, had that playoff experience. And with the Grizzlies, your top players are John Morant, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr. And those are really young guys. And Chris Paul is one of the top guys for the Suns who is a veteran. So I just I just don't think, you know, the I just don't think they have the experience at the top their top talent because they need their top talent to perform. They do. And to not, and to not get people get underneath their skin. I mean, when you play seven games against the other team, you play seven games against scrotum punching Draymond green. And you know, you, it wears on you. It really does. And it's like a, a whole like psychological thing that goes on where they just get you off your game because you're just not used to it yet. Like the the difference in in between the regular season and the playoffs, I think that's just, it's going to wind up being too much. So the Western Conference Finals, both of us have Suns and Warriors, the 1v3. Hillbilly, who is going to the NBA Finals from the West? I think it's going to be the Suns. So we're going to have a rematch next year. And it's with the big caveat that I don't, I mean, I'm picking the Suns. I'm not trying to hedge it. But if Chris Paul is hurt, like I just, I hope he doesn't because he, as much as I don't like Chris Paul because he just annoys me for some reason. Calm down, bro. Like the guy deserves a little bit of playoff luck in his career. I mean, he just has had the worst luck through the years. He deserves it. But I'll believe it when I see it. But if he is not at 100%, Curry's playing well, I, I that could be a problem. I think it'll be a good a good series, and it'll be a seven-game series. I don't know if it'll be a seven-game series, but it will be a good series. And I think this is the series that we have wanted for most of the year because the Warriors, of course, were number two before they faded at the end of the year, kind of when Steph Curry got injured. But the Suns, I mean – they are the other of the two teams in the top five of offensive and defensive rating. They are first in the NBA in field goal percentage, which means it's not just Chris Paul. As I said, it's Devin Booker. It's DeAndre Ayton. It's guys like that who now have playoff experience. You're going up against Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson. But yeah, that's going to be really interesting. And I've got the Suns too. 
I think the Warriors are going to be really good next year when their guys can get some rest and really kind of coalesce because they are so deep. I mean, their depth chart is incredible. The people that they have that just aren't getting any minutes. Like they put Moses Moody in their of what their number 10 pick or whatever from this year. And the kid looks great, but he gets no time. This year, I think the Suns are just too well-tuned, too ready to go. Yeah. And if if the Suns and Warriors met up again next year, hmm. of course, Chris Paul would be a year older. So we'll see. But that's the West. Both of us have the Suns coming out of the West, so we're in agreement there. So let's wrap up with our prediction for the NBA finals. I have got the Celtics out of the East. Hillbilly's got the Bucks, and both of us have the Suns out of the West. Who would you like to go first? Well, we're picking different teams, so I don't know that it matters. I'll go. I mean, I, I think that as good as the uh, the Suns have been this year, and I'm just looking at their records right now, oh, it's no. galling. 64 and 8, 64 wins to 51 wins. I mean, that's a 13 game difference. But I don't think that the Suns have really done anything that changes the problem that they had last year. You know, why they couldn't even get to a game seven is they, at the end of the day, they can't even slow Giannis down. They can't even make him be inefficient, you know, and that is a really big problem. You know, even if he doesn't score 50 points, you know, like he did in game six, he's still just, he's, he's in control. And when you have that, that like inertia that the other team just is constantly trying to figure out how to stop the bleeding and they just can't do it. It, it can make everything else kind of roll. And I don't know that they're going to be able to figure that out any better. So I would pick the box. Debatable. So I do not have the bucks. I have got the Celtics and the Suns. So Phoenix, actually, I will give you this stat, which I found very interesting. So Phoenix is 64 and 18 this season. Their winning percentage is 0.780 in away games. That is better than every other team's home winning percentage than all the other 29 teams. The only other team to do that was the Knicks in 1969 and 1970 (laughs) who won the championship. Nice fact. Yeah. So I am going to say the Suns win. That's actually going to be really interesting series if that happens, because Jason Tatum, I believe, and I said this about Luca last year and that, you know, didn't really happen, but I think Jason Tatum is going to be the breakout player of the playoffs. I would say, you know, Jason Tatum is going to make himself a household name beating Giannis, I think, and then beating Miami. So I've got Celtics. It's going to be close, but I've got the Suns. The Suns have just been dominant over everyone this season. It is. It's hard to pick against them. There's a whole like constellation of stats. I was listening to this thing the other day and they were talking about it, that like there's all these different stats that you can put together where a team that has done these things has never lost. Like they, when you are this dominant, at every phase of the game, their clutch performance is the best in the league or 
At least it's in the top two. They just, they do everything so well. You don't, you tend not to lose. So were the Suns in there or like? Yeah, no, they were like, they were were always in that statistical group of teams that, that dominated the regular season in such a way that those teams that are at that high a level, they don't get upset. Like they don't have like a letdown in the playoffs because they're just so dominant. The Warriors being the exception when they lost to uh, the Cavs. So, I mean, and the the factor that could upend that is, of course, Chris Paul getting injured. But, you know, looking at Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, DeAndre Ayton is shooting 63.4% from the field. A lot of that's inside, but that's fourth in the league. Devin Booker has 4.1 fast break points per game. That might not sound like a lot, but it's fourth in the league. He's averaging 27 points per game. If Chris Paul is banged up, that's going to be rough for the Suns. But I hope and I think that's not going to happen. So I've got the Suns winning the championship. They're first ever. Spitting the truth. All right, Hillbilly. So there we go. The NBA playoffs, the play-in begins Tuesday. It's already started, but there's games Wednesday and Friday this weekend in the playoffs. As I said, quadruple headers Saturday and Sunday, four games back to back to back to back. It's going to be very exciting. And the Suns are going to win the championship. So there you go. Sure about that. But once again, Hillbilly, for the second straight year, we're doing our NBA playoff preview. So once again, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Sanders Facts. Thanks once again to our NBA analyst, Hillbilly, for coming on the podcast. And that is it for episode 59 of the Xander's Facts podcast. I mean, what else is there to say? The Suns are winning the finals. You heard it here first. Xander's Facts. How about that? But other than that, thank you all for listening to episode 59 of the Xander's Facts podcast. And remember, if you liked the podcast this week, click that follow button, download this podcast, rate the podcast, review the podcast, go on all your socials, spread the facts, check out the link tree. It has got all the links, all the Xander's Facts links that you need. This episode is going to be up on YouTube this week, so check that out. You can watch with a nice background, Xander's Facts podcast, and sign up for our free weekly newsletter, Xander's Weekend Facts, recapping the top stories from the week every Sunday morning. It's Xander's Weekend Facts. Check it out. The link is in this episode's description, so you can sign up to get it in your email inbox every Sunday morning. Go do that. And it's free. So there you go. And that is what we've got for episode 59. But we will be back next week with a new edition, big podcast, episode 60. Wow. How about that? Next week, I've already got it all planned out. We've got another Xander's Facts guest coming on, another Xander's Facts expert coming on. Dr. Bobby is returning to talk about Ukraine, everything you need to know about the situation, because it has developed dramatically since the last time he's been on the podcast. Plus. We are going to stay in Europe, in France specifically, to talk about the elections that are happening in France next Sunday. Not this Sunday, but next Sunday. So you can hear all about them before the final round of voting happens for the presidential election in France, because you'll want to know all about it, and you're going to get all the facts here on the Xander's Facts podcast. That is next week, episode 60, next Wednesday. Check it out. But for episode 59, that's it. That is a wrap on episode 59 of the Zaders Facts Podcast. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see y'all with episode 60 next week.
too many facts.